0: From Energy to Water, Minimizing Global Waste. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Byron Reese, futurist, entrepreneur, speaker, and author. Welcome back, Byron. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Give us a quick summary, if you will, Byron, of your professional background and activities that you've been involved in.
1: Oh, um, I'm an entrepreneur, but I've started uh, and run companies and they've all been technology companies and uh, you can't be in technology or maybe you can, but you can't really be in technology and not find much occasion to reflect on technology. And so uh, 10 years ago, I started writing extensively. So I write books uh, early in the morning before anybody's up and then uh, I run a company by day.
0: Busy man, you always have been even throughout the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You and your co-author, Scott Hoffman, released your latest book, Wasted, How We Squander Time, Money, and Natural Resources, and What We Can Do About It. Uh, One of these claims that you make, uh, we can completely eliminate global hunger for what we spend collectively on pet food. How do you arrive at that?
1: Well, I want to start by saying I got a lot of feedback that sounded like I'm down on pets, like we should stop feeding the pets and feed the people instead. I was just trying to find some uh, economic measure that wasn't, nobody considers it a burden. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't pay my pet food bill. So I was trying to think of something seemingly small. But the uh, number of hungry people in the world is well known. You can go to the UN's website, download a spreadsheet that lists every country and how many hungry people they have. The amount of money it costs to feed somebody is also there you know it's it's a misnomer sometimes people think that the reason there are hungry people in the world is because either a there's just not enough food for everybody or b there's all of these uh you know infrastructure issues and all of that but the very sad truth is 79 percent of all hungry people live in countries that are net food exporters so the problem isn't that you in the modern age you don't starve to death because you don't have food. You starve to death because you don't have money. And those countries export the food because they can sell it abroad for more than their people can afford to pay for it. And so most hungry people live in nations that are food exporters. And uh, and so it, it, it really is simply a financial problem. It isn't anything particularly more complicated than that.
0: That's sad and eye-opening. So if you could convince the world to focus on reducing one type of waste in the next 12 months, what would it be?
1: Well, I don't know. Um, I'm overwhelmed by the topic of waste because, uh, I mean, the the book consists of a bunch of chapters. So there'll be a chapter on water, wasting water, one on wasting electricity, one on um, clothing. One on uh, supply chains and how when you what happens when you order something and what happens when you return it, but maybe the worst of all is just simply wasted human potential, uh, which is also covered in the book. Uh, people who simply uh, are not able to live their lives to the, to their to their maximum potential because of a whole lot of other things. So that's I guess the unkindest form of waste of, of all. Early death uh, is another one that is a just wasteful. I mean, it, there's no reason it has to be. But if, if you're asking me about a natural resource or something, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's because it's so overwhelming. There's so many. So let's talk about then maybe the idea of reducing waste. What role can technology play in reducing global waste and what technologies w- would be involved exactly?
1: So the book is about systems. Um, Scott and I wrote a book that doesn't, it's not a laundry list of things you should and shouldn't do. It, it's not a book about paper versus plastic. Mm. It does, it's not a book that tries to guilt anybody into anything or tell people that they're doing something wrong. It's a book about uh, systems because when you have to answer the question, paper versus plastic, it's, it's hard to just know a million little pieces of trivia in isolation, but if you understand like, well, how does plastic work? Like, where does it come from and where does it go? Then all of a sudden, um, when you understand kind of the whole, it, it decisions are much easier to make because you understand, um, kind of how it all operates, you know, something like, and, and I'll answer your question very directly in just a second, but something like water, uh, you know, there's some amount of water, there's some amount of rain that falls on the on the land in the world and it runs into the into the oceans again. And that amount of water is uh is our water supply. And there's something else called our water stock, which are things like the Great Lakes, you know, they're just there. And you don't really want to use your stock. You want to live off your water supply. And and so once you kind of know that, you understand that a lot of things that you think consume water don't actually consume any water. Like you can flush your toilet all day long over and over and and you're not consuming any water. Water pulled out of the river that runs next to your town, it's cleaned, it's put into the water system, you flush, the water goes back out, it's cleaned again and put back in the river. So it doesn't consume any water. The places where technology uh, really shines are related to um, energy is a big one. Uh, how we generate uh, the power that that we need is highly inefficient, highly, highly inefficient. Uh, things related to carbon, uh, emitting carbon, because those are two areas that are probably, you know, energy is the most abundant thing in the universe. Literally, it's the most abundant thing in the universe. I am told on good authority that E equals MC squared. and uh, and And so it's just a technical problem of how you unlock it. How do you recover it? And the same thing with carbon. Um, If you don't want to emit carbon, there are all kinds of ways to stop emitting carbon. And uh, a lot of those are driven by technology. The big problem with carbon, of course, is that if somebody had a device that you could put on the tailpipe of your car that would absorb all the carbon your your car was emitting and it was $1, you wouldn't have any economic incentive to buy it. Right, because it doesn't cost you anything to to put carbon out there. And that's the problem is that carbon emitters uh, aren't charged for the carbon that they are emitting. And so that's a market problem. But the kinds of solutions you get around things like carbon and water and energy um, are all technology solutions.
0: What's something that surprised you and Scott as you did your research?
1: Well, maybe it wasn't a surprise, but my level of ignorance on these topics was overwhelmingly appalling. I, w- I would go into every part of this, and Scott had the same experience. We'd go into every part of it, assuming we knew a little bit about how whatever worked, and uh, we knew nothing, nothing. I don't want to speak for Scott, but I my level of ignorance was staggering, and things I thought I knew weren't. I'll tell you one very interesting story. It came. I'll tell you two. One of them came out of uh, two Boston University professors uh, wrote a paper called The Effect of Recycling Versus Trashing on Consumption. Now, now think about this. They, they recruited students to come in to a room and told them, we want to, you to rate four different fruit juices, best to worst. And so the setup is there's four pitchers of fruit juice, and a big stack of cups, and there's a trash can. And you can imagine some kids would take one cup, pour and drink, pour and drink, just use one cup and throw it away. Some people would be like, I'll use four cups because it's four different juices. And so you get an average of, say, 2.3 cups are used on average. Some people use one, some people use four. Then here's the interesting thing, they got rid of the trash can and they put a recycle bin there instead. And the number of cups people use shot way up to 2.7. So seeing that bin there, you're like, oh, oh, it's being recycled. I might as well use more cups. Uh, and so ironically, recycling encourages waste. It encourages consumption. It is really hard to, um, to solve waste problems After the fact, the best way to solve waste problems is not to consume. They did it by, uh, by the way, again with wrapping paper. They said, "We want you to wrap this book," and there's a big roll of wrapping paper, and tear off what you need. And some people tore it off. When there was a trash can, they threw away such and such amount, and when there was a recycle bin, they threw away a bunch more. Um, So that's one. Just that's not anything that intuitively I would have ever thought. Like the blue bin means encourages you to include to consume more. And then I would say the other one, uh, I learned a lot about water and the idea of virtual water is, um, so I'll, I'll tell a story the, the Saudis decided some number of years ago that they wanted to get in the wheat business, and so they, and they had an aquifer that had been, I mean it. It uh, provided water to places that are mentioned in the Bible. It had been there forever, and they started just pumping this aquifer dry, and they became one of the largest exporters of wheat in the world, and then the the aquifer all but dried up, and they stopped. Well, now uh, they they have to desalinate, and I'm not picking on the Saudis here. They're not an ex- They're not uh, anything particular about it. I'm, this is just a story. So they now desalinate the majority of their water. But what they do is they, go, they went and they bought land in Arizona that had water rights and they grow alfalfa, which is illegal to grow in Saudi Arabia now. They grow it uh, pumping billions of gallons of water out of, of, of the Arizona aquifers, grow the alfalfa and send it to Saudi Arabia for their cows to eat because they can't grow it there. And, and this was, a, I, like I said, I'm not picking on them uniquely. A guy named Nathan Halverson wrote extensively on this. And this idea that there's this thing, virtual water, that, uh, that gets moved around a lot. And, it, you know, a, a pound of beef has a lot of virtual water in it. So wherever you raise beef, you're really exporting water.
0: Wow. That's a lot to think about. The book is full of all kinds of examples and certainly Byron Reese, futurist, entrepreneur, speaker, and co-author of Wasted, How We Squander Time, Money, and Natural Resources and What We Can Do About It. You've really explained a lot of this. Um, If somebody wants to connect with you, Byron, maybe they want to get a copy of this book, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Um, I'm the easiest person in the world to find. Uh, I'm Byron Reese on all social media. I'm byronreese.com you can find my email address that way. And of course, the book is available in all your usual formats, uh, ebook, print, audio, and, and all the rest. Um, anywhere fine books are sold, as they say.
0: Well, you've certainly uh, not wasted or squandered away your time during 2020. You've helped educate all of us. Thanks again for joining us for the show, Byron. Oh,
1: thank you so much.
0: And find more of my interviews and subscribe right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.